Kevin. Hi, I'm Jack. This is good company. Wait, that's all wrong. Can't help it. The girl can't help it. Can't help it. The girl can't help it. She walks by. The mean folks standing. It's a very snowy evening this March Saturday. <laughs> Hi, Jack. Hi. <laughs> Right, yeah, well, it is. It was very cold. We were out in it. We were trying to get some culture. Yeah, we did get some culture. We yeah. got down to the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. I, I was very disappointed. Dis- dis- <laughs> dis- we Kevin, got to the castle. <laughs> Kevin, said, Kevin said, well, let's go down and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I want to go to the castle. He's like, okay. So we go down there and I don't know what they did, but it was they a waste took of a space. lot of stuff out and I was very disappointed and we went in the castle and it was kind of empty and it was it's yeah. basically a restaurant now yeah, or a it was, it was resting weird. space or something. What was the place with the, the tomorrows? What was that? What building that was, was that? That was the arts and It was one of the original buildings, right? It was the one of the original buildings, the arts and industrial building or something like that. And they've got some display in there. and I suppose it's okay, but I don't know. I was a little underimpressed, but what was funny was we, we made it over to the cab. We went through there and then we went into the cab and and I was I I'm a little loud. I'm yeah. not sure. And I'm like, where's the where's the stuff? Where, where's the stuff? You had the lady on the bench next to you was like nodding her head. Yeah, because I'm like, there used to be when you used to go in the Smithsonian Castle, there were all these glass display table display things, and they had lots and lots and lots of stuff in them, and all kinds of birds mm, and rocks it's and all, all gone. Kinds of, and it was all gone. It was kind of all open space with just some stuff in the walls, and I was a little like, I was like, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. And, and I walked back out to the main to Yeah, the, the main, main sat room, down in a huff. Sat down. Well, whipped out your phone. My left knee. <laughs> my texted left, furiously. I, I know, I did. My left knee is a honking on me. I don't know what I did to it, but it's hurting, and my steps was it, are, from, was it from the accident? I don't know. <laughs> No, you're supposed to you know, the joke. Oh, the accident. Oh, yes, I was sl- sl- skiing slalom. And, uh, no, 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 you was like, before the accident, what was the accident? I gained a lot of weight. Oh, well, yeah, that has a lot to do with it, too. <laughs> oh, no, I, but, no, we uh, cracked that. I'm not, I'm just joking. I'm not, I, no, I, I, I... We cracked that joke before. But my, my <laughs> thing is, is I have, in my mind... This mm-hmm. might be the first time I've ever saying this. Is I know I've got a limited amount of steps in me before I'm like, okay, that's it, I'm done. And so we had walked a little bit, and we'd walked, and we'd walked through the other place, and we walked around to the front of the castle, and we got in the castle, and I walked uh-huh. to the room I wanted to go like, to. And you're like, what? What is this? Yeah, what? It's like when you walk <laughs> through the door with your earring, and you're you're trying to hide it from your mom. You're just what you're not, is that? You weren't gonna let her see the left yes. side of your head for the entire weekend, and the first thing out of her mouth that what was you. Yes, yeah. and it was an incredible waste of space. So it was nothing. All those, and I just kept thinking, this is premium property. This is premium. It's it's right on the museum mall. space, and this is empty. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then we went to the Sad Sackler Gallery. The Sackler like that? one. That was nice. Yeah, but again, but, lots but again, of tons it was like I thought it was an elaborate. I'm like, well, where the hell are we now? It's like this is a puzzle I don't want to solve. <laughs> and, and of course, after the second or third staircase, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And I had the security guy laughing. Yeah. I'm like, where the hell's the where's stuff? the stuff? And he's like, it's up here. So we started out at the bottom of the Sackler Gallery. I walked my way back up. Jack elevator to his I way I kept up. taking the elevator because like a my knee hurts. And I then mean, we... legitimately, I'm not being a big baby. My knee hurts. I know walking up and down all these steps, my knees going to yeah. be honking. Well, we did see some nice stuff. And yes, we did. What did you What did you like the most? There was one part that you were really oh the 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 peacock room. The, well, no, the peacock room is very nice, but some of the Japanese artwork is beautiful. Yes, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and it had all changed since we were there last yeah, two I years forget- ago or yeah, whatever. 
yeah, we were. And it was just really nice. And I enjoy it. And I like the art and, you know, culture. culture I'm looking right. at, the, I'm sitting on the benches looking at the pretty paintings. It was and nice. Yes. And and it wasn't real crowded because the weather, it was a Saturday, but we were having a snowstorm. So right. there was very few people there. And what I really like about the um, the Sackler is, and I like an idiot, I'm like, oh, there's new stuff in here. Yeah, it's it, they've got a whole storeroom full of other pieces of Japanese oh, yeah. art and they bring it out. So it's not the same. Well, I mean, the there's same some tapestries. stuff they can't keep moving around. But well, they, those those yeah, wooden the right. wooden the demons at the end of the hallways are permanent. Yeah, but they they change out the stuff. So well, you go to the, the Sackler, you're not seeing the same thing you saw from three years ago. Well, that's kind of the point. That's of kind of the point. Yeah, I know. Look at me realizing the obvious. Really, and the, but the, the two floors below with nothing on. Nothing. I'm like, what the hell was that? What is this? Yeah. And I love the uh, gift shop because you go in there, you find out what you want, and then you go home and get it on Amazon <laughs> for half the so price. What was it? I got off of the elevator on the second floor, and there was a it was the bathrooms, I guess. Yeah, which were immaculate. Which is nice. I always like a nice clean bathroom. And uh, there was a bunch of kids, teenage. I'm assuming yeah. they were teenage, older teenagers. They were teenagers. And I got off and I go, is there anything here on this floor? And they were all kind of like looking at each other like, why is this person talking to us? <laughs> and I'm like, is there anything on this floor? And the one goes, no, not really. Thanks. I turned around and walked back. Like, got back in the elevator really? before the door even closed. Went to the next floor. Okay, well, we are going to do... Uh, oh, so okay. So we're doing this one today and it's and before we it's start... It's a new series Before for we us. get into it. The reason that I found this and when I brought it up to Kevin, Kevin's like, oh yeah, I, I know. remember. He, I know all about this so i'm on one of those weird you know i'm on all these weird pages on facebook mm-hmm. like you know all this bizarre. and there's this, <laughs> i'm covering the puss's eyes <laughs> yeah and there's this one and and it was uh it was a guy and he's holding up a dress and he goes look what i just found at this thrift store it's dorothea's dress and i'm like it was really her well, dress. i don't know oh. if it was her dress or not but it looked it was that blue with the white the, polka, polka dots, dots. yeah and I'm like, who the hell is he talking about? And he goes, I'm thinking about dressing up for her as Halloween. And I thought that's absolutely hysterical. And then, of course, I looked it up and she's this serial uh, killer person. Yeah. Now, this is one of the things I did want to ask you. And I wanted to wait till it was on until we were doing this because so I can seem just as stupid as it sounds. When I hear the term serial, serial killer, I'm thinking it's a person who's killing for a specific thrill or something like that. When I think of someone killing somebody for money, even if it's a lot of people or whatever, I don't think of them as a serial killer. Like when I think of a serial killer, I think of Michael Myers, Halloween. I don't think of... Okay, I well, I think I serial killer is a catch-all term for someone who kills... Um, I a lot of people think it's out of you know a heightened passion or or they have this this bloodlust. Right. They kill anybody who's wearing a red hat, and they cool off. There's a right. cooling off period, and then they kill again. And so she doesn't fit that pattern. We'll get to it. But you doing it for other reasons. It's not for the act of the. Because I think when we think of ser- serial killers, we think of people who kill because they like the act of killing. They like the, the maybe the, yeah the, yeah the, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We think of it. There's a satisfaction in the killing, whereas. She is technically a serial killer, but it's not for the thrill but, of the kill. But I don't she's think she's doing it kind of as a as it's it's a consequence of theft. Yeah, but let's get to the story. Okay, okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll get there. So so okay so so that's how and then so that's how I found out about this woman. And then I said, Kevin, do you know about this? And he's like, oh, I yeah. re- I remember what happened. I don't I just, remember this at all. I, and I and I I may have come across a it wasn't a forensic files, but I I saw a documentary. There's on been it. several. Oh, there's dozens, been a, dozens. There's been a movie, uh, a, a movie, movie, yeah. a TV movie, I'm yeah. sure, but a movie, movie based loosely on it. And there's at least four or five documentary type things about it. Sure. And, and of course, 
what is it, Law and Order? Yeah, or, they base, have, loosely they based, based a on this. shows yeah. on it. So, yes, so okay. this is much more famous than I thought it was. Well, you found this series. This is called Worst Roommate Ever. Worst <laughs> Roommate Ever. And they only have one season so far. Season one, episode one. Season one, uh, episode one. Call Me Grandma. Call Me Grandma. And, and this is on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and we'll get to why she, she does that. But it starts out with a blank screen, blank screen, and we hear a woman denying she's murdered anyone. <laughs> I look at it and I think nothing makes sense. This is absolutely Sir, goofy. I have not killed anybody. You are the keeper of the house. I think you know about Mr. Montoya. He's in that backyard, I believe, Dorothea. He is in that backyard or he's been disposed of some other manner. Not by me. So Dorothea Puente runs a boarding house in Sacramento. We we now see a promotional ad for Sacramento, and it's from the early 70s, late 60s, saying what an amazing place it is to live. And the name of this promotional film is called The Sacto Story. Oh, Jesus. Okay. If you had your choice, you'd live where life had something to offer. If you had your choice, you'd live where you were close to work, schools, and affordable housing. Sacramento was recently voted one of the two best places in the country to live. No surprise at all to our nearly one million residents. Now people are asking, what's been going on with this sleeping giant, the Two River Capital of the seventh largest economy in the world? And, and it makes it so classic. It makes the boast like the whole nation knows that it's the two river capital of the seventh largest economy in the world. You know, these weird <laughs> obtuse boasts that you make about your hometown. Yeah, I don't. I, you know? I mean, do you, do you know what there's we, so we, many towns we're, in California that I have no. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I'm like, yeah, it's like if you live in Wintergreen, Alabama, you know, that it's the Bigfoot capital of Alabama. You know, you say that outside anywhere outside of um, the roll, county. Out the Wintergreen. <laughs> there are people in Alabama that don't know the Wintergreen is that's them. what I mean. Bigfoot the, capital. The South story was t- was kind of like that. You do yes. know this about our million strong city. And I don't ever think of Sacramento. I just think of like farms. The you know just all pecan farms and almond farms of and what farm? It's just produce. Almonds, pecans, pecans. pecans? How do you say it? How do you say it? Pecans. 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 I think is what we say. Pecans. Almonds. Roast almonds. Oh, never mind. All right. We learned in the late eighties the economy is doing very well in Sacramento. They've got... It's doing well. Just leave it at that, Kevin. But they also have a pretty bad homeless problem. We meet Detective John Cabrera. He gives us a little intel. Around 1988 in Sacramento, it was a time of uh, a real good growth spurt. I mean, people were buying houses and new developments were coming about. So this is when we meet Judy, and she is a pivotal character in this episode, in this this crime. She's a... Social worker with Volunteers of America, and I just really, really respect her. Uh, she was on, there was a homeless task force that the city of Sacramento started. She was on it, and it was a concerted effort to get this fairly large homeless population into shelters to get the medical care. The and problem I think is, also, I think also she was pretty aware of the situation in terms of like, there's bad places, there's good places, there's, she, you know, yeah. some people are, some people we can help, some people we can't. She seemed Some people very, don't want the she help. Seemed, she seemed to really kind of Forget it to try yes. to get it. Yeah, and the with the homeless population, and we've all seen the homeless. There, we don't want to see them, but we see them because then it you know pricks our conscience. But there's a lot of mental illness, and frequently it's schizophrenia. And schizophrenia is a heartbreaking mental illness because it typically comes on in late teen years, early adulthood, and 
family members have a family member they've grown up and loved and all that, and this disease kind of takes them away. Schizophrenia, they, they lose touch with reality, and it's particularly cruel. And that's what Judy's son suffered from. And we meet Alvaro Gonzalez Montoya, or Bert for short, and he is a homeless person. Judy has keyed in on she for some reason she has a connection uh, she, with Bert. as soon as she with meets him, him she sees the same she, symptoms in him as in her, saw son. In her son the medications for schizophrenia are famously toxic they're very a lot of negative side effects so a lot of people with schizophrenia elect not to take them and here we have judy asking bert about his medications you think if you took medicine for a couple of weeks they would go away the medicine makes you sick that's exactly right. He's He's been living in a rehab facility, and he, although he doesn't have an addiction problem, the people at the rehab facility like having him there because he's nice. He's a, he's a good guy. And, yeah. they, and uh, they ask why he isn't at a mental health facility, and they said a lot of them in town are not that nice, and they're worried that Bert's not going to be treated that nicely. So Judy says to Bert, do you think you would like to go to a boarding house if we could arrange that? And soft-spoken Bert says, yes. How is it living in detox compared to a boarding house? Better in a boarding home. Okay. Well, if we could find a good boarding house for you, would you prefer to go there? Okay, we'll try and do that. Bird is originally from a southern state. They did not specify which one. He was born in Costa Rica. His family moved to the American South. Once his illness kicked in, his family couldn't handle him, and somehow he ended up in Sacramento. Judy could never figure out how. Anyway, Judy now hears that there is a terrific place. There's a boarding house. The lady who runs it takes great care of her clients or 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 what what would you call them? Her charges. Her clients. She's yeah. very and and her name is Dorothea Puente. Dorothea Puente was loved by her community and loved by local politicians because of course she donated their campaigns and things. She would donate to local charities and give them bags of clothing. Dorothea is loved by the local community. She, we see pictures of her, right, with politicians. Right, right, She's right. donated to their campaigns. To like, like parties and stuff like that. Like and, banquets, and, and she's donating clothes. she's kind of big in the, uh, I don't uh, what, what the Hispanic, Latina community. Yeah, apparently. yeah, underprivileged her last communities. name's Puente. Um, right. that was, that, but that's her fourth marriage. That's, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. So, she, she, yeah. And she has a very a sterling reputation, so Judy goes over to see her. The day Judy goes, and I think she went with somebody else from the... Um, uh, the agency, they walk in and Puente's with a box of kittens. And it, kittens. It, it sounds fake. I know. It well, sounds well, fake. That's what she said. But see, but that leads me to believe that... It was kind of staged. She knew, yeah. If <laughs> Dorothea knew that these people were coming, so let's. how can I look really, you know... Uh, even even more Grandma-ish, yeah. yeah. And uh, so she she takes care of the people staying at her her rooming house. They pay her... They, they sign over their social security checks to her. She feeds them. She clothes them that you know she Helps takes care of any way she can any way she can and it just it seems like <laughs> it, se- it seems super fishy it, it really exactly and the whole time i'm watching that and i'm like okay well she is providing a service so uh, to speak because there is a certain population that needs some place to stay they basically just need a bed and you know some place which is more sleep. than they've had right and yeah. she cooks so she 
provides meals for them. However, this the first thing in my mind that I thought of when I saw this was, does she? you think she has this much interaction with social workers? Like the social workers are coming in and out of there well, all I, the time? If we, we hear throughout it, people checked in periodically when we learn more of her backstory, but they when they check in, she knows how to talk the talk right. and walk the walk. But, but here's Judy, like Judy's expressing a personal interest in Bert right. to Dorothea. Yeah. So that right there, mm. Judy is expressing a personal interest with Bert to Dorothea. Okay. I would think because when we find out Dorothea's M.O., that should have been a little like, maybe this is one I don't want to mess with. But, right? Yeah, is that what you're getting at? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Bert likes it. He's doing well. Judy calls to check up on him every week or two. It's my understanding. Uh, I think every couple of weeks. That's what she said, I think. After about three months, she calls and Dorothea's like, Bert's not here. After a few months, she told me that Bert wasn't here right now, that he was in Mexico staying with her brother. There had been a fiesta. I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, that's not like Bert at all. There was something very wrong with that. Yeah, he's gone to Mexico with his brother to a fiesta. No, 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 her brother. No, Dorothea's brother? Dorothea's brother. Oh, my God. I thought it was supposed no, to be no, Bert's no, 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 brother. Because that's the other thing. I was like, well, who the hell's this brother? Yeah, we don't I didn't, know anything uh... about this brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, so they went to, okay. And Judy's like, that, wait a minute. No, no. None of that. Immediately, Judy feels there's something wrong, and she's not having it. She says, um, I want to speak to Bert. She's like, well, he's not here. He's in, you know, He'll be back in a few days. She's like, well, Monday morning, I'm going to file a missing person report. When I called, no, he isn't here. He'll be back next week. Don't worry about it. Then I said, no, what I'm going to do is on Monday, I am going to call the police and I am going to say there's a missing person here. She, well, this was after, uh, I think, a week or two. She kept calling back and, oh, Bert's not It, it was here, over the Bert's course not, of a week, but, right. but yeah, but and she said he'll probably be back later in the week. And, and she only gave it a few days. Judy was on it. She was like, this just sounds and fishy I, as and fuck. And that's what I'm saying. How could, if, you're, if your gig, so uh-huh. to speak, is to bring- Well, yeah, don't don't give up the, uh, don't give up what we're going to do oh, too okay, early. okay, okay, uh, okay. So the Monday that she threatened to call the cops to do the missing person thing, she gets a call from a guy who claims to be who Dorothy's there brother- in the Borden Borden house, uh, was it or uh, coming yep. to be door? Okay, and he says, "Oh, I went to Mexico with him. He came back, and a family member has come and gotten him, and he's gone. So that's why he's not here. And you, you know, you'll never everything's see him again. fine. Forget it. And don't yeah. ever call back. Everything's fine. <laughs> don't look behind that curtain, and everything's fine. <laughs> never call here again. Bye. <laughs> now they, okay. Well, I got I've got a lot of questions, but we can't. I, okay, keep going. So Judy contacts John Sharp. She bumped into John when they went for the first interview. She had worked with John previously, and he was and a, he was a he was a person Again, who lived, lived there. there. And she asked at first there, and he says no. And he said, did you guys go to Mexico? And whoa, he said- Wait, wait, Before we get into this. Now, she ran, she saw John Sharp initially when she first checked And he recommended the place. the place. And he was like, it's, no, he said, it's not bad. Yeah. He was well, like, you know, you're getting fed, which is what I said earlier. It's better than living in a, yeah. in a, in a that, shelter. Yeah. Bert had his There's own a little bed bit and his more, own TV yeah, and all so, so this John Sharp person, which we don't know that much about why he's there, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we don't ever find he out. Seen Seems to be like, yeah, he's on the up and up. And now Judy has contacted him and he's like, "Mm." yeah, she's like, did you guys go to Mexico? And she says, none of us went to Mexico. It's like, have you seen Bert? I haven't seen Bert. And is there something going wrong? And he says, yeah, Yeah. something's going wrong. Did you go to Mexico? He said, none of us went to Mexico. No. And then I said, so tell me about where you live. Like, is, is something wrong? 
he said, yeah, something is wrong here. She's been digging a lot of holes. So now we learn about Dorothea Gray. That's her you're not maiden sa- name. I just want to correct you. It's Dorothea. Do, am I say Dorothea? You're, you're, it's Dorothea. Dorothea. I don't pronounce the second it's O. It's very, very fancy schmancy. Because <laughs> the whole time I'm like, I like that Dorothea. This is Dorothea. your job. This Dorothea. is your, the one job you have here to correct Dorothea. me on the fancy. Dorothea. Because <laughs> it sounds very fancy. Well, she was born Dorothea Gray in Redlands, California, white 1929. White white can white white be. Yeah. She had a tough life growing up. Blah, blah, blah. Her parents died when she was young. I don't care. It doesn't, and, you and, know. And it was, in my research, traumatic upbringing. Her parents were both alcoholics. Her father repeatedly threatened to kill himself in front of them. Uh, died of ter- tuberculosis. And then she, the mother lost custody of the children and then died in an accident. I mean, this is this is a, okay. a girl who, this is a woman who is really had a very All right. hard it, it, a lot of childhood. people have tough childhoods but it doesn't we don't true. get that true, okay true, true. so uh at 19 she gets arrested with a felony forgery conviction in la and that would be 1948 um by the 50s she's back She'd in sacramento been married once at that oh point. she had been okay she had been married in the 1950s, she was a prostitute in Sacramento, and then a madam. <laughs> they show pictures of her, which I'm assuming are supposed to be around the the pictures that they're showing of her. They don't. I question whether they didn't have very many of her at a younger age because she doesn't look a, mu- a whole lot different in the younger pictures than she does in the pictures that are around the time of uh, all this stuff went down and she gets caught. I don't know. So maybe it was a look she cultured to yeah. try to look that maybe way. Maybe when she was younger, she tried to look older. And when she was older, she, she tried realized to just keep it made her look She was yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah. The, <laughs> well, in 1960, she gets arrested for prostitution and being a madam, and she gets jail time. This is her first time in jail. So in 1982, Detective Woods, who is here for a lot of this episode, becomes aware of a case where Dorothea had drugged this guy. When they got to his house, uh, he began to feel very strange, and he lay down, and at that point, he could not move. He said he was absolutely paralyzed but he was able to see what Puente was doing inside of his apartment. On top of that, so she's drugged him. He's she's kind of in a torpor. Mickeys. She's slipping Mickey. Yeah. and she <laughs> That kind of made me laugh. And he comes, he can see her like literally taking the rings off his fingers, you know, like he's in a stupor and he just sees her. Leave. And during this time, she's going around to these elderly housebound women pretending to be a physician or a physician's assistant. She's drugging them and robbing them as well. Oh. I am so cynical and so suspicious. I, I'm cursing myself by saying this, but I can't imagine believing somebody. No, see, because I'm, I am, I question everybody and everything, so I cannot imagine. But, someone... You know, but she, her look, it was very convincing, and she had, and she carried yeah, around a doctor's true. bag with she, her. She had, had a stethoscope. He used the word. The, the detective guy used the word props. Yeah. All right, so she gets arrested for five felonies, and she gets five, five years in prison. Five. Oh, my God. So there's an article in the Sacramento Bee. I think that's what the newspaper in Sacramento is. Look for, look at me. No one. It is the Sacramento Bee. And Detective Wood's name appears in the article. A family who believes Dorothea has poisoned their mom gets in touch with them. Her name was Ruth Monroe, and her son Bill is here to tell the story. Mom and Harold started seeing each other. He was taking her to visit different bars, steakhouses, Dorothea was a part-time cook at the Flame Club, and she knew Harold. That's how Mom and Dorothea got to be friends. So Ruth had a boyfriend, Harold, and Harold was friends with Dorothea. So then Dorothea became friends with Ruth, and they all kind of hung out together. 
because Dorothea... They were all kind of big drinkers. <laughs> well, Dorothea worked in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and Ruth and Harold wanted to open a bar restaurant. Uh, okay. So, so that's how that... They, you know, were talking to her about running things oh, okay. and doing well, stuff. Harold gets gets uh, uh, terminal cancer diagnosis. He's out of the picture. Ruth had some money. So Dorothea starts talking about opening this restaurant. I guess Harold was in on it too, you they say? Were, they, they were all, Okay, yeah. that was supplemental Ruth research. And, you must be Ruth, Ruth and Harold. No, that was in the show. Oh, Ruth okay. and Harold were were trying to look into opening their own bar restaurant. Okay. And they wanted to bring Dorothea in so with them. R- Ruth bankrolls it. And Dorothea keeps asking for more money. And we don't know if it's because the restaurant is truly failing or she's just squandering it yeah. or packing it away. Yeah. But eventually the restaurant closes. Harold gets a terminal cancer cancer diagnosis. He's out of the picture. So Ruth, not wanting to live alone, has her kids move her in with Dorothea. Because she still thinks Dorothea's a nice yeah. person. Because her and Dorothea are pals. And it's fine. It, for, for months, everything's fine. And Dorothea has let them know that she has a nursing background. And if her mother experiences any medical problems, she'll be able to handle it. One day, three days before something bad happens, Bill goes by to visit his mother. And he walks in. And immediately, he's... On red alert, his mom is sitting in the living room and she's got a drink, an alcoholic drink. And Bill says, my mom didn't drink. She was allergic to alcohol. He asked his mom what it was. And she said, it's a drink Dorothea made for me because I'm, a, you know, a Dorothea said I made it for her because she's upset about the restaurant. And he asked her and it's cream de myth. Which doesn't make any sense to me because if she's allergic to alcohol, alcohol is alcohol. So the whole thing didn't make it's, none of it, it the, made the, sense. The son is like this is this is bullshit. Right. So he goes by the next day and Dorothea he says, Where's my mom? And Dorothea says, She's up upstairs resting. And Bill says, Well, I'm gonna go see her. And Dorothea's like, No, don't go up there. She's Let resting. Rest, yeah. And Bill's like, I'm not leaving here until I see my mother. And what happens when he goes up to see her? He goes up and she's in the bed. She can't Move. She's not moving. She's not responsive, and she's crying. Yeah. And Bill's like, "It'll be okay, Ma. It'll be Dorothea's okay." Dorothea's going to take care of you. She's a nurse. So chances are, from the way it was described, she was mickeyed, and possibly over the entire time she was staying Oof. there. So the next, that very next morning at six a.m., Bill gets a call from his sister saying, "Mom is dead." Dorothea has called her, said, "Your mom's dead. Come, Come and get, get her stuff." stuff. She got a phone call from Dorothea saying, come and get your mom's stuff, which was an empty purse. Mom had jewelry, she had money, and everything was gone. Dorothea said, your mom gave me everything, and she gave back an empty purse. She had clothing. You know. And Dorothea, I'd have been like, where's the ring? Where's Dorothea said, your mom gave them all to me before she died. And Dorothea has gone ahead and called the coroner and said, my roommate's committed suicide. Ugh. Autopsy reveals toxic levels of a bunch of shit. One uh, of them was codeine, ac- acetaminophen, acetaminophen, Tylenol. Yeah, so she's given her excessive amounts of Tylenol. Tylenol is toxic, and, and, but with codeine and, and yeah. It's, and it's, whatever this uh, dies, di- diazepam, diazepam, which is... Uh, uh, Mickey. That's yeah, the, that's, that's a, not... Uh, it's Valium? No, diazepam oh. is uh, Xanax. Yeah. Nice man with Xanax, I think. Okay. And uh, But there's a bunch of those drugs. They're all kind of the same. The family are sure Dorothea poisoned her. She poisoned her. And I think it was over time with those drinks, little by little, putting it in her system. We went to see the prosecutor, Bill Wood, so that they could pursue a murder charge against Dorothea for my mother's death. 
Bill Woods, that's his last day on the job. And he gets the case. He forwards it to the uh, Major Crimes Division back in 1982. No, 80, 85? Mm. 85. They, they, they test for it. They can't disprove it was a suicide. There were toxic levels to say that Dorothea gave them to her. It goes cold. They reviewed the matter. The crime lab in Sacramento was not set up to test for certain things in 1982. So there was no way to determine that Ruth Monroe had not, in fact, committed suicide. After a while, though, don't you think that there's got to be some sort of a... Don't, don't, don't uh, you think, uh, an awful lot of people are dying at that address. Well, uh, this is the first one. No, this is just Dorothea's very first. This doesn't okay, start it. Yeah, okay, that's... De- yeah, she okay. now has, has opened the... Uh, I don't think she's I living. I guess I'm foreshadowing. Yeah, no, no, no. Dorothea hasn't moved into... 1426 F Street yet. She Not moves yet? there. She moves there now. I thought that that was that was the address where uh, I thought uh, that was another apartment where she and Harry, uh, No, okay, this is the house. Uh, anyway, so Ruth is gone. People who are coming by, she's on parole and she has uh county and 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 parole people coming by periodically. She knows how to game the system. So whenever they ask questions, if it's something that's probably violating her parole, she knows how to she phrase it and couch it. Words. So it's oh that's thing. just a friend of mine saying, are they paying rent? No, they're no, not. No, no, they're yeah. just I oh they're staying here but because But again, this is the thing like there's no way to track like all these well, this Checks. is what well right now they said she's been married four times. She's had a last name McCall, Johansson, Motalvo, and now it's Puentes. And they're saying like different agencies, there are mechanisms set up to sort of catch somebody kind of game in the system like this, but they're like back in nineteen eighty five, this not, was you know, a lot less computerized, yes. So she's doing this gig of, of running of this illegal boarding house for about two and a half years, and then Judy comes along. Bert was missing, so I went to file a missing person. But I really fear that there's other things going on in that house that John Sharp talked to me about. So Cabrera was the detective in charge of the missing persons unit. Uh, They send a guy over to Puentes' house, and they all say the same thing. Bert went to Mexico, and then he left with a family member. But John Sharp slips him a note. Can you imagine? Now think about that. John Sharp is so scared of what's going on in that house uh that he doesn't say anything. He slips the guy a note. She wants me to lie to you. And we see the actual note. All of them. Same story. But one of the boarders slipped the officer a note. It's chilling, I think. It was absolutely just bizarro. And he's willing to get himself, I mean... He knows, like, I'm going to have to give up this good thing because she's not going to come after me. I got my shit together kind of a thing. Right. But if I say anything, Lord only knows what's going to happen. So with this revelation, Cabrera starts digging into who this Dorothy, Dorothea Puente is, and he finds out who she really is, what her M.O. is, uh, that she's used drugs to stupefy her victims. And um, there's a record <laughs> that she has a record and she's on parole. Judy is insistent that when they go over, they take shovels. She's like, don't even bother. The John Sharp said she's been digging a lot of holes, right? <laughs> right? Didn't he? He said that yeah. to her. He's like, is he there says, anything weird? He says, there's been a lot of digging going digging. on. She's been, she, well, and he, he literally I'm, said she's been digging a lot of holes. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this little old lady pulling these bodies? How is she dealing with the bodies? We get to that, and it's because it's not one piece. Well, well but she, she had help. Mm, they th- they speculate they, that maybe one of the housemates helped her. Convicts to help her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I just love that Judy was like, you might as well just take shovels. Shovel. <laughs> so her parole officer accompanies Cabrera to her house, and they start asking her about Bert and what's going on. And 
Cabrera found it odd that as she's got an answer for every question, they're like, well, what is, what's the deal? She didn't look at Cabrera. She looked at her parole officer and said, I asked her specifically, what exactly was it here at this place that she was running? And I'll never forget this. She looked directly at her parole officer and she said, Jim, I'm in violation of my parole. And I looked at him and I remember he had like a stunned look. Jim, I'm in violation of my parole. And those guys thought it was really weird that she, it, it was almost like pulling them off the scent. It's like, all right, I, I, what's yeah, going on here? you got me. Yeah. So I've got a boarding house. I'm not supposed to have a boarding house. Right. And so they say, you, do you mind if we look around? She's like, no, knock yourself out. And they keep finding these little blue pills. Literally. They're like in the corners. They're and, under and the, 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 the photos. And these are pictures. Yeah. These are pictures of the search of the house. <laughs> it's like and someone. I'm like, it would be, okay, I'm just going to take pills and just scatter them all like over the wedding reception, instead of throwing rice, they threw really? these pills. And they ended up being Valium and Xanax and these Diazepam. other. Diazepam. And uh, so Cabrera knows she used those kinds of drugs to knock out her victims. So what I liked about it was, it, didn't Columbo always, he asked questions he knew the answers to, and yeah, then yeah. just as he's about to leave, yeah, he turns, yeah. one more thing in, in his, his stained right. trench coat. He did that exact thing. He said, oh, just as they're about to leave and, and Dorothea's uh, you know breathing a sigh of relief, he's like, oh, Dorothea, one more thing. Would you give us permission to dig in your yard? And she kind of looked at me and says, whatever for? And I said, well, the social worker, I just want to be able to tell her we've searched everywhere, we dug around, and we found nothing. And with that, she just went, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, you can. Would you mind if we dug in your backyard? And she's like, what, whatever for? <laughs> and he's, oh, it's the social worker, Judy, you busybody. Uh, we'll just, it'll, it'll uh, only be a minute. And she's like, go ahead. So they start finding garbage and they're finding cigarette butts and nothing too interesting, but they keep going. No, no, no. As soon as you start digging and you start finding shit under the dirt, uh-huh. that's got to tell you something. I, I don't know if I would be too alarmed by cigarette butts. If I went out into my backyard uh-huh. and started digging uh-huh. and came across cigarette butts yeah. in in the dirt, in the not on the top, but in the dirt, I don't that know. would make that would bother me. I don't know if I would be alarmed by that, but what I find, what, but I don't know if I would. I mean, for, I, maybe if they were fresh, but dirty, if, they, if somebody had turned the ground for making a garden or whatever, or somebody had, you know, alcoholics were out there smoking and they periodically oh, just dug them up. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I, now, I, don't, I, I, I don't find it alarming. I think that I should be able to go into my backyard and dig and not dig Hopefully find up. artifacts like pottery and stuff. Well... <laughs> You know, um, well, what they find next is disturbing. Right. Then they start finding bits of cloth. Then he finds, and this is Cabrera doing this, he finds what seems like leather, like maybe shoe leather or something. It's all dried up. And then after a while, his shovel hits something hard and he reaches down and pulls it up. And it's clearly a human leg bone. <laughs> it was a shoe. It was very disturbing. He jumps out of the hole, declares it a crime scene. And here we go. Sacramento police dug up the backyard of a home at 1426 F Street after receiving a tip that renters there were being poisoned and buried. Police did indeed find some human remains and took the landlord, Dorothy Puentes, along with her tenants, in for questioning. So that was Channel 10 Sacramento, and now we hear the interview that the episode started with. Dorothy is in a in an interview room down at the station. And she coolly answers How? every question. This it, is and, and she's wearing the dotted dress that the guy. She's trying to look super grandmotherly. Guy, she looks like a grandma. It's a blue, a navy blue dress with like little white polka dots on it. And the whole and and I'm like, 
<laughs> she yeah, and she says, "Cool I, customer." You, I I don't even know how. Like, hey, you know what? We just found a body in your backyard. I would be flat. Well, I, and she's got answers. You would be flabbergasted because you didn't do it. Now, a certain someone knows all about it and has rehearsed this in her head. She's a career criminal. And she's like, well, you're going to find out. When you find out how old that body was, you'll know I had nothing to do with it. It's like, are we going to find any other body? She's like, I didn't I've even know that one was there. She's really good at lying. She's really good. And the whole time she's like, I'm an old woman. I'm just trying to get my life together. She's playing every card I in like, the book. Actually, that was a really cool. I'm just trying to get my life straight. And I don't like, want to go back to jail. Yeah, you've been out of jail. How long? They didn't. Uh, I right. just oh uh, this, this she slipped through the cracks for sure. Yeah. Uh, so they bring in an anthropologist from San Diego to verify how old the remains are. You know, she's claiming that they could have been there for decades. Well, we'll find out. So they're setting up and back, and they're really starting to dig. And Dorothea asks Cabrera if she's under arrest, and he says no. Uh, and she said, this is really making me nervous. Do you mind if I get a cup of coffee across the street at my nephew's? He's at the Clarion Hotel. And Cabrera, this is contradictory. Cabrera in the interview room is with her. He's like, this doesn't make sense to me, Dorothy. How Dorothea, how is there his body back there and you don't know anything about it? How are these people, you know, how did Bert disappear? I can't believe they would have let her just leave when they're finding bodies in the yard of the, of the residence. We didn't have anything to arrest her on. I had no probable cause or evidence to indicate she had killed anybody. Bert had only been missing for three months. This wasn't Bert. So I told her, I said, yeah, no problem. So he walks her over. Well, and because it, he's thinking, well, he's well said, I'm taking her there. She's going to be there when I come back. I really, yeah, I, I thought, I think in hindsight, because he looks bad. Well, yes, he does, but she's a little old lady. Yeah, well. No one's thinking it's he's, her. He literally says, little I don't have lady. probable cause, but he, he's like, my spidey sense tells me she did this. And then he's turning around. I get it, but he still never should have let her go over there. Even the way he describes her when she left for coffee, she just had, she just had a coat and a purse. You saw that? Now describe yeah. that outfit. Yeah, yeah. That red. She just had on a long red wool Bright coat. red. And with she, pink, big pink buttons. For no, the, no, no. The whole coat was red. No, they were they were a different color than the coat. No, they weren't. I will put. I, I will bet you five hundred dollars. I'll bet you five dollars. I'll pay for dinner tonight. The dress coat was all red, and and then the purse was like a. It wasn't the same shade of red. It was a more pinky color, but uh, it was just interesting. We see her leaving in this outfit. But she, I'm saying yes, the buttons she, are a different color. Buttons are a different color. I'm I'm gonna die on that hill. You can die on that hill all you want because you're gonna be shot dead. You might as well pause. <laughs> this because we're not going anyway until <laughs> all right until... We'll pause. all right we paused it we're both looking at a, the picture of dorothea in the coat she was wearing a pink dress under the red coat okay and i'm saying those buttons are not the same color as the coat i'm it's, saying they're almost I'm saying pink. it's the light from the it's, it's not the, the light. light from the picture it's being the taken there's no way you would have those off color buttons on that coat it makes it look no no I'm, okay I, all right that's going to be the photo for the episode we'll let fine. listeners decide fine Fine. Then, and also, then you have to look at the show when it's motion picture video and the coat's all one color. Okay. Well, all right. We'll agree to disagree. You, can, you said you're going to die on that hill. Die on that hill. Okay. The bo- the, the, it's the flash photography making the buttons look a different color. The videotape of her walking out of the house holding her purse. Uh-huh. And then the videotape where her hand cuffed, the buttons match the coat. You're wrong. Anyway, so Cabrera goes oh. back to the house and oh. they find another body. His boss comes over and is like, where's Dorothea? He's like, oh, she's across the street getting a cup of coffee. He runs over. He comes back a few minutes later. Where is she? And it's like, she was, and he's like, oh, shit, she's gone. So they put out a uh, be on the lookout, a bolo, right? Right. 
There was a nationwide manhunt here in the United States. The search goes on today for the manager of a Sacramento boarding house. So in her absence, she's gone. She gave them permission to start digging. They keep digging, and they start finding bodies. And they eventually find one that's about the size of Bert, and they're pretty sure it's Bert. And it's really heartbreaking because they let Judy... And poor Judy. When I heard about it, I thought, what have I done? You know, I blamed myself. How could I not? You know, I, but how would I know that she was a serial killer? I didn't know. Judy's like, this is my fault. Oh, yeah, because she's, she's like, like, I didn't, but I didn't know he was a, she was a serial killer. Well, of course not. Who would? But, and then when she said that I didn't know she was a serial killer, that's when it, that's when I, the question in my head was, well, what technically is a serial killer? Because I think of a serial killer as someone who kills for, the, they like the killing. The joy of the killing. Whereas I think of Dorothea as she kills, she doesn't have a conscience to kill people. She doesn't care she's killing them because yeah. she's trying to get something. something she wants the money, money. She, and money the control. Or, or something. And the yeah. control. Yeah. So eventually they find seven bodies. We see this oh, nonsense on the calendar as Cabrera's going around the and house. it's not a big yard. It's no, not it's a- tiny. But the the calendar up in the uh, the bedroom with kittens, the the kittens that that uh, Puente is on the date that she's like, uh, Bert left while I was at church. She wrote it on the date on the calendar, hoping that Cabrera would see it and be like, Oh, he really yeah. did just leave. So at this point, they talk about how Dorothea went out of her way to look older. She did everything she could to seem like a harmless little old woman, from her chiffon dresses, glasses. the makeup every day, soft spoken. She, Remember she, she was a prostitute. <laughs> right, right. And But when you see her, she she is doing all the things. She made does. To she looks like a lady. So no one will suspect her. John Sharp, the guy from earlier who slipped the note to the investigator, he tells the investigators that there was the smell of human decomposition coming from a room off of the kitchen upstairs. He smelled it before, and they said... Well, how do you know what that smells like? He said, "I work for the Kansas yeah, City Board." That, that kind of that kind of decomposition for a large, a large. I don't want to say body, but like a large deer or cow right? or something. It, it does have a particular smell. The human, in particular, is apparently yeah. sickeningly sweet. So, they he goes to this room and he the floor feels really spongy to him, right? And he reaches down and it's there's two layers of carpet. And as soon as he pulls the top carpet up, he's just struck by and the then smell of, course, of decay. I'm thinking to myself, you mean to tell me all that time in that house she hasn't cleaned that room better than that to get rid of that? Yeah, no, I no, mean no. I understand you're never going to clean and make it go away, but if you can lift one layer of carpet. Looks- Disgusting. Smell that? And he said that, that it's human body fluids, Ugh. not just blood, but Blech. body fluids. Blech. Their investigation is done. She's on the lamb. Um, they've issued this bolo, and Cabrera's at home watching TV one day, and he looks up, and there's Dorothea, a guy Oof. at the Monte Carlo bar in Los Angeles, recognized her, and they tracked her down, and she's staying at the Royal Viking Hotel. She fled 400 miles to Los Angeles under an assumed name before she was recognized in a neighborhood bar. I remember seeing her face, and I put Sacramento together. He called a local TV station, and it was this tip that led police to arrest Puente at the motel where she was staying. So they fly down and pick her up, and but, she is in the exact same outfit. But think the about exact it. same outfit. Think about this, though. The, with She's the pink buttons. on the run <laughs> for murder with bodies buried in her backyard, and she's at a bar trying to pick up somebody. I, I guess she was, yeah. And I mean, she's only and in Los she Angeles. she looks like a little old lady. And she's wearing the outfit that she was well, last seen yes, in. She didn't even... Yes, yes, yes. So 
Everson Gilmuth, his family contacts the investigators. Everson had started up letter writing pen pal thing with Dorothea when, when she, she was, was in, in jail, jail yeah. for those charges. And he moved in with her in the fall of 1985 as a love interest. Uh, his family never heard from him after several months of living there. The letters stopped. About the same time that they believe Dorothea offed him, he he was there. He moved in with her. He lasted about two weeks. She killed him. The cops find a John Doe down by the river. Eventually, they realize it's Everson. He was only there for two weeks before she killed him. Oh. She continues to send them letters, and we see samples of letters like, "Hi, I'm writing because you know Everson hates to write, but we're both really health nuts right now. He's lost 15 pounds. He looks great. These are the kinds of things she's yeah. doing. It's so believable. She's is, such a good liar. Absolutely. It's it's just. Psycho, like just crazy, like it's spooky. It actually, th- there's something about the series watching the different shows. Yeah, that's very disturbing. It's a to good me. series. I think we're gonna enjoy In the other one. In my research. Mm-hmm. This guy had a red Ford truck. Yeah. And in my research, she gave the truck to somebody who did work for her uh-huh. as in as payment. Okay. So she got stuff out of it. I wonder if she was getting his social security too. Well, I mean, she that, had to have been, all right? that's track. Well, even in, in back then it wasn't uh, so trackable. Okay. We learn now that she's actually targeted people to stay with her who are, you know, have substance abuse issues or don't have any close family. They're kind of lost. These are people she can manipulate. She can dominate. And when she wants to, and not, she can just remove them. Right. And the, to use the word dominate sounds like she's being, so she's passively dominant. Yeah, she does it sweetly. She does it very sweetly. And these people fall for it and they, and they showed some of the victims and they looked like you know, people who'd had hard lives. Yeah, they or, did. Or and led, that expression you said they were pulled through a keyhole backwards. Yeah, the poor one. Yeah, <laughs> the one yeah, the one guy. And I and it, it's horrible that this is who she was preying on. And they showed a check at one point. They were mm-hmm. showing. I think it was it, one of Bert's. It was checks. Bert's. It was for sixty bucks. Sixty dollars. That was what he got every month from Social Security. Sixty. That's what she killed him for. Yeah. Oh. So Bill Ruth Monroe, remember the ladies with the first poisoning. Yes. Bill contacts the investigator and said, can you add my mother's killing onto this case because they didn't prosecute it before because they couldn't disprove it. Now there's a weight of evidence that she's been doing this. They add her murder to uh, the case and now she is she gets she's up for nine counts of first degree nine murder. Nine counts of first degree murder. And she could get the death penalty. This now is this California. is the ones they know about. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what she did earlier yeah, in her this life. This is the ones or, or people that were much easier to get rid of. Or... Yeah, that she didn't bury in the backyard, yeah. right? Yeah, right. They said it's kind of difficult. She never admits to any of this. She just said she admits to cashing the checks. Th- that but they she said, died. But they died of natural causes. causes. And she was just doing it to keep getting the checks. She disposed of the bodies to keep getting the checks. And she didn't want to go to the police because she was on parole. And she, and she was wasn't supposed she- to be... Doing any of doing this, so she had to keep it secret, and she had to, the checks keep coming in. And that's w- just a byproduct. And the one guy was like, you know, it actually is a good. It was a clever argument, right? Yeah, and um, but they were able to convince the jurors. There was one juror who kind of bought her stick, and they said that he was probably the last person on earth who fell for the kindly grandmother. And they showed the pictures of her sitting there in court, mm-hmm. and she looks like she could not hurt. She a looks fly. like she would have a bird named Tweety. Yeah. She does. <laughs> oh, that's right. She does look like Granny. Big glasses and the white hair. Yes. Yep. So of the nine counts, she's only convicted on three, but she gets life without parole. They estimate over the course of her 
career killing these people. She got about $100,000. Those clothes that she was donating to, to charities back in the day and making her look good, right. those were her victims. That was her victim's clothes. And and the money she was donating to political funds and all that stuff, it was all this money. That Ill-gotten she, gains. Oh, Oh, it's it's actually very upsetting. It's very, it, very, very It upsetting. is. And actually, Investigator Woods reads off the names of her victims. The people Dorothea murdered were Leona Carpenter, Dorothy Miller, Benjamin Fink, James Gallup, Vera Faye Martin, Betty Palmer, Everson Gilmuth, Bert Montoya and Ruth Monroe. They were real people. Every single one of them. I didn't think that would happen. And there at the very end, he gets a little bit choked up and he's I, he just walks away. He said, I don't think that would happen. But just rehumanizing these names, they're, they're, they're a statistic now, but they were people and they show the photos. And we heard this in the, the, the guy in North Dakota, who the serial killer. And he's like, well, I kill people, but they were homeless, so it didn't count. And well, she was almost doing the same thing here. She was doing here. the same thing. Because she knew I, she wouldn't get caught. But yeah, I... Yeah, she, she yeah. messed with the wrong with Judy. She, when she when messed she with Bert, Judy, that was when Judy, she got Judy yeah, in there because Judy had a Judy had affection for Bert. She there was something about Bert that she liked, or she was trying to look after him. And and again, I it, it I cannot imagine her thinking that Bert would have been a like Bert the the woman's calling to check up on Bert. Yeah, she and, she when she went in and she, this guy girl Judy. Dorothea was off. Uh, she should have recognized. She's like, this lady's on her shit. I yeah, probably well, shouldn't do. I shouldn't probably knock it's off so Bert. It's so horrible. It's just so horrible. Well, she dies in March of 2011. She was 82. Cabrera- oh, because that was the other thing. Well, wait, Judy said this. Judy goes, when she went to meet Dorothea, she thought Dorothea was this sweet little old lady. They were the same, same age. age. She was like, she was the same age as me when, and, and she and was, Judy and she thought she, it was 15, Judy 20 years old. She was older. about 50 at the time. Yep. She's died in March of 2011. She was 82. Cabrera relates this one moment when they picked her up in San Diego to bring her back, Los Angeles to bring her back to Sacramento, that she said, I'm sorry. You don't buy it. I don't, no, she's sorry she got caught. Yeah, she's sorry she got she's caught. Sorry she got he caught. said maybe in that one moment she actually did feel sorry, but you're like, yeah, no, no you, she's no, sorry she got because caught. She she felt sorry. It's it's the per, it's it's no different than, it's no, com, I hate to compare it to this light thing. It's no different than someone who's trying to stop drinking or st- trying to stop overeating or or stealing or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do it ever again. I'm just going to, oh, well, it's just this one time, this little, yeah. and it just snowballs. So I, for her, it's killing these people for this Yeah, yeah she would have continued. She would have kept doing it. She would have kept, kept on doing it. Houses like this where heinous crimes are committed are typically raised because they don't want to become shrines for ghoulish people. However, this house is in a historic district in Sacramento, and it's designated. And that's uh, what I question. It's like, how could she have afforded the house in the first place? I don't know, but it's still there. Well, the I house remember isn't reading that fancy or anything, but it's no, it's like a mission style, so, but it's protected. Right. And then I did, in my research, and the, in my research, the house has been uh, what is it called when you do a show or something about featured? The house has been featured in a couple of different 
shows, uh, including one of the ones where it's haunted, and yeah. they think that Dorothea's ghost haunts the space. Wow. And I would have thought maybe some of her, her victims. <laughs> <laughs> Walk, walking around, you see a ghostly apparition dropping a, a capsule into your drink. Uh, the house has been featured, This a documentary called This House is Innocent. It's been featured in a... One of those uh, revamp shows where, you know, we're going to spend this money to fix these, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, like yeah. a, what is it called when you buy a house and you fix it and then you uh, flip it, flip it, a flipping yeah. show and something else. So the ha- house itself has gone on to other stuff. House flip, murder, house flip. Yeah. A series is called murder, yeah. house flip. And they're hard to sell when a house has a murder in it. But you know, this one, and I, I remember reading an article about the people who live there. I think it's a young hipster couple, but the episode is winding down now and we get some more home video throughout this. We've gotten some home video of Bert with Judy Poor Bert. and, um, Judy tells us how they reached out to Bert's family, uh, and they offered to fly them out to Sacramento to be at the service, and it's very touching. We connected with Bert's family members. We told them that he had passed, and how sad it was, and that we were going to have a memorial, and we would be happy to pay their way to come out and be there for his funeral service. Judy makes her peace with this by saying that she felt it was Bert's destiny. His reason for being in this world, in this life, was to expose, he, to expose Dorothy. And I think that is a, an extremely yeah, touching. It's, it's putting, putting uh, you know what I mean? a, a point to what happened. Making peace it's with horrible. it. It's horrible. Like, oh, it's just horrible. Judy feels so bad. She's such a tenderhearted person. She, I she, love her. She's putting all this effort into trying to help these people. And she thinks she's doing a good thing. And, and she, she felt so she guilty. She felt blame. She yeah. felt horrible blame for this. And, and she, she said, how could I not? But no, she was great, and I, I, I just, I love that she didn't put up with Dorothea. She said, he's gone, and you, you know, don't worry about it. He's well, gone, a family member. She's like, no, that's not like <laughs> that's him. Not, I'm gonna, no, he I'm, do what that. I'm going to do is, if I don't hear from him by the end of the week, I'm calling Monday morning, and I'm filing a missing persons report. And she didn't put none of Dorothea's. Know. You know, I just, I'm so glad, and I'm so glad that there are people like that. Yes, I am true. I, I, I agree with that. That is that is very true. We're going to do another one. Well, we were watching one last night in the same series, and it's about a squatter, and you were transfixed. It's, it's, this guy it, wouldn't leave. He moved in so under false circumstances. Because, like, now I know this is going to sound horrible before, so I'm just prefacing what I'm about to say. I'm not agreeing or approving or anything like that, but I see what Dorothy is doing. She's lulling like a predator. Mm-hmm. She's lulling people in. Mm-hmm. She's getting them to believe in her. Yeah. To to depend on her, whatever. Yeah. And she's killing them for money. Yeah. So that kind of mm-hmm. I don't want to say makes doesn't make sense, sense but the, you understand the I motive. Understand what is going. On. But the one we were watching, this guy just wants to fuck with people. He yeah. just wants to make. Other people and I, the, mm. my part about that is I do everything I can to avoid conflict, yeah. to avoid <laughs> interaction, and that's nothing. This guy and, is confrontation. That's all he lives for. So when we, when I found the series and I put it, I showed it to Kevin, and I we watched a couple of shows, and then we was like, well, let's let's watch this one, sub sub something. And I started, and I I was like, this is bothering me. This is really disturbing me. I don't know. If, I don't even think we can do an episode on it because I can't get through <laughs> the whole episode because it bothers oh, me and so it's, much. It's, Hours and hours long. And well, I, it's, uh, it's a two-parter. But so I kind of want to go like and watch the rest hours. of it once we're done. But at any rate, yes. So, so don't uh, now be a good person, yeah, people. Don't, don't judge a book by its cover, if you know Dorothea. But yeah, don't don't I'm kill people. And... My my eyebrows are scrunched <laughs> together. It's so, very disturbing. I just it's not in me. No. I mean, I'm a I'm a selfish person. I know that I can you know all these things, but it's that's not in me. No, it's, like, it's not. Thank know. God, it's not ninety nine point nine nine percent of people. 
me, not not murder. I'm not talking about murder. Oh, good. Thank I, God. No, no, no. I meant in terms of being that incredibly selfish. Yeah. That yeah. that self. Uh, uh, I don't even know the words. I don't even. It's not in me. Yeah. I'll just move. You know, yeah. I'm rude. Like move, get out of my way. Whatever. Where's the stuff? Where's the stuff? Exactly. I yeah. I'm not about to be like. Yeah. Yeah. I just. It's just not in me. It's well, not in me. We're we're gonna live to. Crime pot another day and Crime uh, that, pot that was an interesting day. one. So that was Dorothea Puente, folks. Poor and uh, yeah, you know, poor Bert, poor Bert, poor all the victors. Yeah. Oh, oh, Judy, yeah. wherever you are, good for you, you, Judy. And thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next oh. week. Or more. <laughs>